0: Simon looked at them both, saying nothing but nodding till his black hair flopped backwards and forwards. His face was glowing. Ooh, if you have to take a vocab test, you need to do that right now while I'm reading. If you have to take a vocab test, I sent it to you already. Take it and then put your score up here. Ralph looked down the other way where there was no reef. Steeper, said Jack. Ralph made a cupping gesture. That bit of forest down there, the mountain holds it up. Every point of the mountain held up trees, flowers, and trees. Remember, setting. We're paying attention to setting. Now the forest stirred, roared, flailed. The nearer acres of rock flowers fluttered, and for a half a minute the breeze blew cool on their faces. Ralph spread his arms. All ours. They laughed and tumbled and shouted on the mountain. I'm hungry. When Simon mentioned his hunger for the other hunger, the others became aware of theirs. Come on, said Ralph. We found out what we wanted to know. They scrambled down a rock slope, dropped among flowers, and made their way under the trees. Here they paused and examined the bushes around them curiously. Simon spoke first, like candles, candle bushes, candle buds. The bushes were dark green and aromatic, and the many buds were waxen green and folded up against the light. Jack slashed at one with his knife, and the scent spilled over them candle buds. You couldn't like them, said Ralph. They just look like candles. Green candles, said Jack contemptuously. We can't eat them. Come on. They were in the beginnings of the thick forest, plonking with weary feet on a track, when they heard the noises, squeakings, and the hard strike of hooves on the path. As they pushed forward, the squeaking increased till it became a frenzy. They found a piglet caught in a curtain of creepers throwing itself at the elastic traces in all the madness of extreme terror its voice was thin needle sharp and insistent the three boys rushed forward and jack drew his knife again with a flourish he raised his arm in the air there came a pause a hiatus the pig continued to scream and the creepers to jerk and the blade continued to flash at the end of a bony arm the pause was only long enough for them to understand what a what an enormity the downward stroke would be okay so jack's done what he's raised the knife cuz there's a piglet caught but why does he pause what does he realize that if he brings this down what's going to happen he's going to kill the pig now i know that we live in an area where hunting is normal these boys crashed on this island in prep school clothes do you think hunting's a normal thing for them Do you think Jack's ever killed a living thing in his life? No. So this would be a huge thing to bring that knife down. Then the piglet tore loose from the creepers and scurried into the undergrowth. They were left looking at each other in the place of terror. Jack's face was white under the freckles. He noticed that he still held the knife aloft and brought his arm down to place the knife in the sheath. Then they all three laughed ashamedly and began to climb back to the track. "'I was choosing a place,' said Jack. "'I was just waiting for a moment "'to decide where to stab him.' "'You should stick a pig,' said Ralph fiercely. "'They always talk about sticking a pig.' "'You cut a pig's throat to let the blood out,' said Jack. "'Otherwise you can't eat the meat.' "'Why didn't you?' "'They knew very well why he hadn't, "'because of the enormity of the knife "'descending and cutting into living flesh.' Because of the unbearable blood. I need you guys to understand that this is where we are. These boys have never killed anything. Jack's coming up with excuses for not bringing that knife down. Okay? I was going to, said Jack. He was ahead of them, and they could not see his face. I was choosing a place. Next time, he snatched his knife out of the sheath and slammed it into a tree trunk. Next time, there would be no mercy. He looked around fiercely, daring them to contradict. Then they broke out into the sunlight, and for a while they were busy finding and devouring food as they moved down the scar towards the platform and the meeting. Okay. Fire on the Mountain. Chapter 2. By the time Ralph finished blowing the conch, the platform was crowded. There are differences between this meeting and the one held in the morning. The afternoon sun slanted in from the other side of the platform and most of the children feeling too late the smartest sunburn had put their clothes on. Man, they were all excited. They're all running around with no clothes on, but what ended up happening? Yeah, there's sunburn in places that you normally don't get sunburn. Yeah, (laughs) so they decided to, we should probably put our clothes back on. The choir, noticeably less of a group, had discarded their cloaks. Ralph sat on a fallen trunk, left side to the sun. On his right were most of the choir. On his left, the larger boys who had not known each other before the evacuation. Before him, small children squatted in the grass. Silence now. Ralph lifted the cream and pink shell to his knees and a sudden breeze scattered light over the platform. He was uncertain whether to stand up or remain sitting. He looked sideways to his left towards the bathing pool. Piggy was sitting near it but giving no help. Ralph cleared his throat. Well then. All at once he found he could talk fluently and explain what he had to say. He passed a hand through his fair hair and spoke. We're on an island. We've been on the top mountaintop and seen water all around. We saw no houses, no smoke, no footprints, no boats, no people. We're on an uninhabited island with no other people on it. Jack broke in. All the same. You need an army for hunting. Hunting pigs. Yes, there are pigs on the island. All three of them tried to convey the sense of the pink live things struggling in the creepers. We saw squealing. It broke away before I could kill it. But next time, Jack slammed his knife into a trunk and looked around challengingly. The meeting settled down again. So you see, said Ralph, we need hunters to get us meat. And another thing. He lifted the shell on his knees and looked around the sun-slashed faces. "'There aren't any grown-ups. "'We shall have to look after ourselves.' The meeting hummed and was silent. "'And another thing. "'We can't have everyone talking at once. "'We'll have to have hands up like at school.' He held the conch before his face and glanced around the mouth. "'Then I'll give him the conch.' "'Conch? "'That's what this shell's called. "'I'll give the conch to the next person to speak. "'He can hold it when he's speaking.' But look, and he won't get interrupted except by me. Jack was on his feet. We'll have rules. He cried excitedly. Lots of rules. And when anyone breaks them, we are wacko, boing, donk. Well, l- 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 felt the conch lifted from his lap. Okay. I'm going to stop real quick. Do you guys notice what Jack said? What did Jack say they should have? Lots of rules. I want you guys to be able to find this spot again. Where he says that. Got it? Jack is all about the rules. And what does he kind of infer if people break them? Well, not kill. But they would definitely get what? Or punished in some kind of way, right? Ralph felt the conch lifted from his lap. Then Piggy was standing, standing, cradling the great cream shell, and the shouting died down. Jack... Left on his feet, looked uncertainly at Ralph, who smiled, and patted the log. Jack sat down. What relationship did I tell you to keep an eye on? Not Piggy. Jack and Ralph. Okay. Hey, be careful. There's a book bag there. Yeah? We are on page 33. I'm getting ready to turn the page, though. I'm just going to tell you. Jack sat down. Piggy took off his glasses and blinked at the assembly while he wiped them on his shirt. Turning to page 34. You're, you're hindering Ralph. You're not letting him get to the most important thing. He paused effectively. Who knows we're here, eh? They knew at the airport, the man with the trumpet thing. My dad. Piggy put on his glasses. Nobody knows where we are, said Piggy. He was paler than before and breathless. Perhaps they knew where we was going to and, and never got there. Whoa, 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 whoa. And perhaps not, but they don't know where we are because we never got there. What is what is Piggy using here that nobody else has yet done? Is he using logic? Yeah, nobody else is realizing it, but he's, he's putting it right out there. Nobody knows where we are. We never got where we were going. He gaped at them for a moment, then swayed and sat down. Ruff took the conch from his hands. That's what I was going to say, he went on, when you all, all, he gazed at their intent faces. The plane was shut down in flames. Nobody knows where we are. We may be here a long time. The silence was so complete that they could hear the unevenness of Piggy's breathing. What is Piggy starting to have? An asthma attack. Okay. The sun slanted in and lay golden over half the platform. "'The breezes that on the lagoon had chased their tails like kittens "'were finding their way across the platform and into the forest. "'Ralph pushed back the tangle of fair hair that hung on his forehead. "'So we may be here a long time. "'Nobody said anything. "'He grinned sight suddenly. "'But this is a good island. "'We, Jack, Simon, and me, we climbed the mountain. "'It's Wizard. "'There's food and drink and rocks, blue flowers.' "'Piggy, partly recovered, pointed to the conch in Ralph's hands.' And Jack and Simon fell silent. Ralph went on. You guys have got to watch for those little things. Did you guys see what Piggy did there? Everyone started talking and what did Piggy do? He pointed at the conch and it made everybody quiet down, right? What? 34. At the Towards the very bottom. While we're waiting, we can have a good time on this island. He gesticulated widely. It's like in a book. At once there was a clamor. Treasure Island, Swallows and Amazons, Coral Island. Ralph waved the conch. This is our island. It's a good island. Until the grown-ups come to fetch us, we'll have fun. Jack held out his hand for the conch. There's pigs, he said. There's food and bathing water in that little stream along along there, and everything. Didn't any? Didn't anyone else? Didn't anyone find anything else? He handed the conch back to Ralph and sat down. Apparently, no one had found anything. The older boys first noticed the child when he resisted. There was a group of little boys urging him forward, and he did not want to go. He was a shrimp of a boy, about six years old, and one side of his face was blotted out by the mulberry-colored birthmark. So he's got a birthmark on the side of his face that's quite large, okay, guys? We never learn his name. We just know he's the kid with the mulberry birthmark on his face. He stood now, warped out of the perpendicular by the fierce light of publicity, and he bored into the coarse grass with one toe. He, muttered and about to, he he was muttering and about to cry. The other little boys, whispering but serious, pushed him towards Ralph. All right, said Ralph. Come on, then. The small boy looked around in panic. Speak up. The small boy held out his hands for the conch, and the assembly shouted with laughter. At once, he snatched back his hands and started to cry. Why wouldn't the boy speak? He didn't have the conch. And what are little kids trained to do? They follow directions. So he was not going to talk until what got into his hands? Until the shell did. But how did the big boys react when he put out his hands? Yeah. Now, that, now he started to cry. They made fun of him. Okay. Let him have the conch, shouted Piggy. Let him have it. At last, Ralph induced him to hold the shell, but by then the blow of laughter had taken away the child's voice. Piggy knelt by him, one hand on the great shell, listening and interpreting to the assembly. He wants to know what you're going to do about the snake thing. Ralph laughed, and the other boys laughed with him. The small boy twisted further into himself. Tell us about the snake thing. Now he says it was a beastie. Beastie? A snake thing. Ever so big, he saw it. Where? In the woods. Either the wandering breezes or perhaps the decline of the sun allowed a little coolness to lie under the trees. The boys felt it and stirred restlessly. You couldn't have a beastie, a snake thing, on an island this size, Ralph explained kindly. You only get them in big countries like Africa or or India, murmur. Then, they, then the grave nodding of heads. He says the beastie came in the dark. Then he couldn't see it. Laughter and cheers. Did you hear that? Says he saw the thing in the dark. He still says he saw the beastie. It came and went away again and came back and wanted to eat him. He was dreaming. Laughing, Ralph looked for confirmation around the ring of faces. The older boys agreed. But here and there among the little ones was the doubt that required more than the rational assurance. He must have had a nightmare. Stumbling about among all those creepers, more grave nodding. They knew about nightmares. He says he saw the beastie, the snake thing, yeah. Yeah? when you get a chance, can you call me back? I've been the Where are you? STEM room? Stem room yeah. I'm reading. How quickly do you need me? Um, does Miami have anything she could be working on? She always has vocab and she can be working ahead on IXL and notes. Perfect, thank you. Uh huh. He says he saw the beastie the snake thing, and will it come back tonight? But there isn't a beastie. He says in the morning it turned into them things like ropes in the trees and hung in the branches. He says, will it come back tonight? But there isn't a beastie. There was no laughter at all now and more grave watching. Ralph pushed both hands through his hair and looked at the little boy in mixed amusement and exasperation. Jack seized the conch. Ralph's right, of course. There isn't a snake thing. But if there was a snake, we'd hunt it and kill it. They're going to hunt pigs to get meat for everybody. And we'll look for the snake thing, too. But there isn't a snake. We'll make sure when we go hunting. Ralph was annoyed and for a moment defeated. He felt himself facing something ungraspable. The eyes that looked so intently at him were without humor. But there isn't a beast. Something he had not known was there rose in him and compelled him to make the point loudly and again. But I tell you, there isn't a beast. The assembly was silent. Ralph lifted the conch again, and his good humor came back as he thought of what he had to say next. Okay, here's what I need us to to start to grasp, okay? Okay, I'm going to need you guys to dig in deep. Does everybody understand? We got to go symbolic here. i to need you to move a little bit. Hey, Ella, will you grab me one of the black markers off my desk? Expos. Okay, I want us to think. Thanks. We are on an island. Before they landed, describe this island to me. before they put a scar on it. Just in general, you don't have to give me exact decorations or de- descriptions. What do you got for me? The with rocks and the in the middle. Okay, what else we got? Wyatt? And it was untouched, right? Yeah. This was a perfect island, right? Yep, yeah, it had everything that it needed. It was gorgeous. It was perfect, okay? I need you guys to go and think about when we talk about perfect places, they all stem from one story from the Bible. Somebody tell me the perfect place in the Bible. Yes, we got some symbolism going here you guys. This island represents the Garden of Eden. What happened to the Garden of Eden? What, when, when Adam and Eve came to the Garden of Eden, what did they do to it? Technically. What do you guys think? Well, did it stay perfect? No. Okay, there was a decline with humans, right? kind of what's happening with this island. These boys have already put a scar on the island. They've also knocked over that rock and destroyed more, right? And we're not even done with their destruction yet. What else in here goes with the story of the Garden of Eden that we've talked about? The snake. Okay. we have a snake in the Garden of Eden. Who is the snake in the Garden of Eden? Yes, I'm going to put Satan. Okay, this right here is going to come into play later. Okay, a lot of times when we talk about Satan, he represents fear, doesn't he? A lot of times people sin because they're scared. So if we look at this snake, I want you to look at who's the only people that are seeing the snake right now, the little kids, okay. Okay. Why? Yeah. Well, and they're, they're scared, OK? Ralph refuses to admit that this could possibly be on this island, because what's he trying to hide? Probably seen it. Well, what's he trying to hide from? Yeah. He doesn't want to be scared, right? You guys need to understand this. You guys, tonight, you guys are doing focus on setting. And I want you to discuss how it relates to this right here. I'm asking you for the idea of the allegory. Remember, settings can represent things symbolic. Okay. The Garden of Eden is what our island is symbolic. The island is representing the, e- the Garden of Eden symbolically. Okay, so I wanted to get in there before he moved to a different topic because he's going to try to get us off this snake topic. Now we've come to the most important thing. I've been thinking. I was thinking while we were climbing the mountain. He flashed a conspiratorial grin at the other two and on the beach just now. This is what I thought. We want to have fun and we want to get rescued. The passionate noise of agreement from the assembly hit him like a wave, and he lost his thread. He thought again, we want to be rescued, and of course we shall be rescued. Voices babbled, the simple statement unbacked by any proof but the weight of Ralph's new authority. Don't you guys, like, for the most part, especially when you're younger, if an adult tells you something, you just believe it to be true? Why? Yeah, they have that authority, so you trust them, right? A lot of times it's not, but sometimes it is, but not all the time. But that's, they're trusting Ralph because he's older, right? Oh, I got to figure out where I am. Brought light and happiness. He had to wave the conch before he could make make them hear him. My father's in the Navy. He says there aren't any unknown islands left. He says the queen has a big room full of maps and all of the islands in the world are drawn there. So the Queen's got a picture of this island. Somebody tell me why that is illogical. There are undiscovered islands on Earth. So people are still discovering islands. Well, I understand that. But he says there aren't any unknown islands left. There are Well, they might be. They might not be. But why is that not a logical thing to say? If it's unknown, it would not be on any map, right? So how would they know if it's known or not? if it's unknown. Do you guys understand the logical, that was not a logical statement. Nobody can say that there are no unknown islands because you don't obviously know about it then, right? Again, came the sound of cheerfulness and better heart. And sooner or later a ship will put in here. It might even be daddy's ship. So you see sooner or later we shall be rescued. He paused with the point made. The assembly was lifted towards safety by his words. They liked and now respected him. Spontaneously, they began to clap, and presently, the platform was loud with applause. Ralph flushed, looked sideways at Piggy's open admiration, and then the other way at Jack, who was smirking and showing that he, too, knew how to clap. Ralph waved the conch. Shut up! Wait! Listen! Listen! He went on in the silence, borne on his triumph. There's another thing. We can help them to find us. If a ship comes near the island, they may not notice us. So we must make smoke on top of the mountain. We must make a fire. A fire, make a fire. Pay attention to this fire, you guys. It's also a symbol. At once, half the boys were on their feet. Jack clamored among them, the conch forgotten. Come on, follow me. The space under the palm trees was full of noise and movement. Ralph was on his feet, too, shouting for quiet, but no one heard him. All at once, the crowd swayed towards the island and was gone, following Jack. Even the tiny children went and did their best among the leaves and broken branches. Ralph was left, holding the conch, with no one but Piggy. Piggy's breathing was quite restored. Like kids, he said scornfully, acting like a crowd of kids. Ralph looked at him doubtfully and laid the conch on the tree trunk. I bet it's gone tea time, said Piggy. What do they think they're going to do up on that mountain? He caressed the shell respectfully, then stopped and looked up. Ralph, hey, where are you going? Ralph was already clamoring over the first smashed swaths of the scar. A long way ahead of him was crashing and laughter. Piggy watched him in disgust, like a crowd of kids. he He sighed, bent, and laced up his shoes. The noise of the errant assembly faded up the mountain. Then, with the martyred expression of a parent... Martyred expression of a parent is how they're describing Piggy. He picked up the conch, turned towards the forest, and began to pick his way over the tumbled scar. Below the other side of the mountaintop was a platform of forest. Once more, Ralph found himself making the cupping gesture. Down there we could get as much wood as we want. Jack nodded and pulled at his underlip. Starting perhaps a hundred feet below them was the steeper side of the mountain the patch might have been designed expressly for fuel. Trees forced by the damp heat found too little soil for full growth. Fell early and decayed, creepers cradled them, and new saplings searched a way up. Jack turned to the choir who stood ready. Their black caps of maintenance were slid over one ear like berets. We'll build a pile, come on. They found the likeliest path down and began tugging at the dead wood. And the small boys who'd been reached who had reached the top came sliding to till everyone but Piggy was busy. Most of the wood was so rotten that when they pulled, it broke up into a shower of fragments and wood lice and decay. But some trunks came out in one piece. The twins, Sam and Eric. You already see what they're trying... Look at their name. They've already gotten rid of the the full word and between their names. Right? were the first to get a likely log, but they could do nothing till Ralph, Jack, Simon, Roger, and Maurice found room for a handhold. Then they inched the grotesque dead thing up the rock and toppled it over on top. Each party of boys added a quota, less or more, and the pile grew. At the return, Ralph found himself alone on a limb with Jack, and they grinned at each other, sharing this burden. Okay, we're talking about their relationship. You guys have got to keep an eye on it. Right here, they're sharing the, bur- they're sharing the burden Of this fire. Once more amid the breeze, the shouting, the slanting sunlight on the high mountain was shed that glamour, that strange invisible light of friendship, adventure, and content. Almost too heavy, Jack grinned back, not for the two of us. Together, joined in an effort by the burden, they staggered up the last steep of the mountain. Together they chanted, one, two, three, and crashed the log on the great pile. Then they stepped back, laughing with triumphant pleasure, so that immediately Ralph had to stand on his head. Below them, boys were still laboring, though some of the small ones had lost interest and were searching this new forest for fruit. Now the twins with unsuspected intelligence came up the mountain with armfuls of dried leaves and dumped them against the pile. One by one, as they sensed that the pile was complete, the boys stopped, going back for more, and stood, with the pink, shattered top of the mountain around them. Breath came evenly by now, and sweat dried. Ralph and Jack looked at each other. While society paused about them, the shameful knowledge grew in them, and they did not know how to begin Confession. What do they have to confess? They don't, have to, start they don't have to start a fire. Ralph spoke first, crimson in the face. Will you? He cleared his throat and went on. Will you light the fire? Now the absurd situation was open. Jack blushed too. He began to mutter vaguely You rub two sticks, you rub. He glanced at Ralph, who blurted out the last confession in, uh, of incompetence. Does anyone got any matches? You guys carry matches with you? Hopefully not. You have to make a bow and spin the arrow, said Roger. He rubbed his hands in mime. Psst, a little arrow was moving over the mountain. Piggy came with it, in shorts and shirt, laboring cautiously out of the forest, with the evening sunlight gleaming from his glasses. He held the conch under his arm. Ralph shouted at him, Piggy, have you got any matches? <laughs> the other boys took up the cry till the mountain rang. Piggy shook his head and came to the pile. My, you've made a, a big heap, haven't you? Jack pointed suddenly, His specs! Use them as burning glasses! Does anybody know how to do that? Has anybody tried it before? Piggy was surrounded before he could back away. I want you guys to notice whose glasses they're using. He is. I think he is. How did you? How do you? Okay. So, how did you guys learn that you can use glasses to make fire? In a movie. <sighs> what movie? Like a cartoon movie? Okay. Where would you learn? Let's say you didn't learn it in a, in on TV. A history channel? Like history, like the, the channel one channel where it's like all the outside shows. Okay, most of those people bring stuff with them, or they know how to do the thing with the the sticks where... I asked you which class you would learn it in. Oh, oh. science. right? Scientific thought? I remember by accident that getting a sunburn on my eyelid when I was wearing lessons. Oh, I never I thought have, of that. I Gotcha. Um, yeah, so I want you guys to note that that scientific thought and intelligence that is with Piggy, not with any of the other boys. Here, let me go! His voice rose to, sh- to a shriek of terror as Jack snatched the glasses off his face. Mind out, give them back! I can hardly see! You'll break the conch! See what he's worried about? What's he afraid of breaking? Yes, that, thing, that conch. Ralph elbowed him to one side and knelt by the, fi- by the pile. Stand out of the light. There was pushing and pulling and officious cries. Ralph moved the lens back and forth, this way and that, till a glossy white image of the declining sun lay, in, lay on a piece of rotten wood. Almost at once, a thin trickle of smoke rose up and made him cough. Jack knelt too and blew gently so that the smoke drifted away, thickening and a tiny flame appeared. The flame, nearly invisible at first in that bright sunlight, enveloped a small twig, grew and was enriched with color and reached up to a branch, which exploded with a sharp crack. The flame flapped higher and the boys broke into a cheer. My specks, howled Piggy, give me my specks. Ralph stood away from the pile and put the glasses onto, into Piggy's groping hands. His voice subsided to a mutter. Just blurs, that's all, hardly see my hand. The boys were dancing, the pile was so rotten "'and now so tender-dry that whole limbs "'yielding passionately to the yellow flames "'that poured upwards had shook a great beard of flame twenty feet in the air. "'For yards around the fire the heat was like a blow "'and the breeze was a river of sparks. "'Trunks crumbled to white dust. Ralph shouted, "'More wood, all of you, get more wood. "'Life became a race with the fire "'and the boys scattered through the upper forest. "'To keep a clean flag of flame flying on the mountain "'was the immediate end and no one looked further.' Even the smallest boys, unless fruit claimed them, brought little pieces of wood and threw them in. The air moved a little faster and became a light wind, so that leeward and windward sides were clearly differentiated. On one side the air was cool, but on the other the fire thrust out a savage arm of heat that crinkled hair on the instant. Boys who felt the evening wind on their damp faces paused to enjoy the freshness of it, and then found they were exhausted. They flung themselves down in the shadows that lay among the shattered rocks. The beard of flame diminished quickly. Then the pile fell inwards with a soft, cindery sound and sent a great tree of sparks upwards that leaned away and drifted downwind. The boys lay panting like dogs. Ralph raised his head off his forearms. That was no good. Roger spat efficiently into the hot dust. What do you mean? There wasn't any smoke, only flame. Piggy had settled himself on a space between two rocks and sat with a conch on his knee. We haven't made a fire, he said. What's, what's any use? We couldn't keep a fire like that going, not if we tried. A fat lot you tried, said Jack contemptuously. You just sat. We used to specks, said Simon, smearing a black cheek with his forearm. He helped that way. See what Simon did there? What did Simon do? Yeah, he stuck up for him, right? He's being kind. I got the conch, said Piggy indignantly. You let me speak. The conch doesn't count up on the mountain, said Jack, so you shut up. I got the conch in my hand. Put on green branches, said Maurice. That's the best way to make smoke. I got the conch. Jack turned fiercely. You shut up. Piggy wilted. Ralph took the conch from him and looked around the circle of boys. We've got to have a special we got we've got to have special people for looking after the fire. Any day there may be a ship out there. He waved his arm at the taut wire of the horizon. And if we have a signal going, they'll come and take us off. And another thing, we ought to have more rules. Where the conch is, that's a meeting. The same up here as down there. They assented. Piggy opened his mouth to speak, caught Jack's eye, and shut it again. Jack held out his hands for the conch and stood up, holding the delicate thing carefully in his sooty hands. This next part is extremely important. You must be able to find this again. Got it? I agree with Ralph. We've got to have rules and obey them. After all, we're not savages. We're English, and the English are best at everything. So we've got to do the right things. Who said that? Nope. Jack, I need you guys to be able to find that quote again. Got it? He turned to Ralph. Ralph, I'll split up the choir, my hunters. That is into groups, and we'll be responsible for keeping the fire going. So, who just volunteered to keep the fire going? Jack and his hunters. You also better remember that. The generosity brought a splatter of applause. From the boys, so that Jack grinned at them, then waved the conch for silence. We'll let the fire burn out now. Who would see smoke at nighttime anyway? And we can start the fire again whenever we like. Altos, you keep the fire going this week, and trouble's the next. The assembly assented gravely. And we'll be responsible for keeping a lookout, too. If we see a ship out there, they follow the direction of the bony arm with their eyes. We'll put green branches on, then there'll be more smoke. They gazed intently at the dense blue of the horizon as if a little silhouette might appear there at any moment. The sun in the west was a drop of burning gold that slid nearer and nearer the sill of the world. All at once they were aware of the evening as the end of light and warmth. Roger took the conch and looked around at their gloomy looked around at them gloomily. I've been watching the sea. There hasn't been a trace of a ship. Perhaps we'll never be rescued. Remember I told you guys to keep an eye on Roger? You guys are keeping an eye on what they say and things like that. A murmur rose and swept away. Ralph took back the conch. I said before, we'll be rescued sometime. We just gotta wait, that's all. Daring, indignant, Piggy took the conch. That's what I said. I said about our meetings and things, and then you said shut up. His voice lifted into the whine of a virtuous recrimination. They stirred him again to shout him down. You said you wanted a small fire, and you've been and built a pile like a hayrick. If I say anything, cried Piggy with bitter realism, you say shut up. But if Jack or Maurice or Simon... He paused in the tumult, standing, looking beyond them and down the unfriendly side of the mountain to the great patch where they had found dead wood. Then he laughed so strangely that they were hushed, looking at the flash of his spectacles in astonishment. They followed his gaze to find the sour joke. Smoke... You got your small fire all right. Smoke was rising here and there among the creepers that festooned the dead or dying trees. As they watched a flash of fire appeared at the root of root of one wisp and then the smoke thickened. Small flames stirred at the trunk of a tree and crawled away through leaves and brushwood dividing and increasing. One patch touched a tree trunk and scrambled up like a bright squirrel. The smoke increased, sifted, rolled outwards. The squirrel leapt onto the wings of the wind and clung to another standing tree, eating downwards. Beneath the dark canopy of leaves and smoke, the fire laid hold on the forest and began to gnaw. Acres of black and yellow smoke rolled steadily towards the sea. At the sight of the flames and the irresistible course of the fire, the boys broke into a shrill, excited cheering. The flames as though they were a kind of wildlife, crept as a jaguar creeps on its belly towards a line of birch-like saplings that fledged an outcrop of the pink rock. They flapped at the last of the trees, and the branches grew a brief foliage of fire. The heart of flame leapt nimbly across the gap between the trees and then went swaying, swinging and flaring along the whole row of them. Beneath the capering, boys a quarter of a mile square of forest was savage with smoke and flame. The separate noises of the fire merged into a drum roll that seemed to shake the mountain. Okay, you guys mark this. If you guys ever need to find any figurative language, the amount of personification, similes, and metaphors going on in that paragraph is insane. You got your small fire all right. Startled, Ralph realized that the boys were falling, still and silent, feeling the beginnings of awe at the power set free below them. The knowledge and the awe made him savage. Oh, shut up. "'I got the conch,' said Piggy in a hurt voice. "'I got a right to speak.' They looked at him with eyes that lacked interest in what they saw and cocked ears at the drum roll of the fire. Piggy glanced nervously into hell and cradled the conch. "'We gotta let that burn out now. And that was our firewood.' Ooh, they didn't think of that, did they? They just burned a whole side of the mountain down. That takes away a lot of wood to keep their fire going.' he licked his lips. There ain't nothing we can do. We ought to be more careful. I'm scared. Jack dragged his eyes away from the fire. You're always scared. Yeah, fatty. I got the conch, said Piggy bleakly. He turned to Ralph. I got the conch, ain't I? Ralph? Unwillingly, Ralph turned away from the splendid awful sight. What's that? The conch. I got a right to speak. The twins giggled together. We wanted smoke. Now look. A, pale, a pall stretched for miles away from the island. All the boys except Piggy started to giggle. Presently, they were shrieking with laughter. Piggy lost his temper. I got the conch. Just you listen. The first thing we ought to have made was shelters down there by the beach. It wasn't half cold down there in the night. There in the night. But the first time Ralph says fire, he goes howling and screaming up this here mountain like a pack of kids. What's ironic about that, though? what they are kids you guys they are all kids by now they were listening to the tirade how can you expect to be rescued if you don't put things first and act proper he took off his glasses and made as if to put down the conch but the sudden motion towards it of most of the older boys changed his mind he tucked the shell under his arm and crouched back on a rock then when you get here you build a bonfire that isn't no use "'Now you've been and set the whole island on fire. "'Won't we look funny if the whole island burns up? "'Cooked fruit, that's what we'll have to eat, and roast pork. "'And that's nothing to laugh at. "'You said Ralph was chief, and you don't give him time to think. "'Then, when he says something, you rush off. "'Like, like!' "'He paused for breath, and the fire growled at them. "'And that's not all them kids, the, the little ones. "'Who could, took any notice of them? "'Who knows how many we got?' Ralph took a sudden step forward.' I told you to, I told you to get a list of names. How could I cried piggy indignantly all by myself. They waited for two minutes. Then they fell into the sea and they went into the forest and they scattered everywhere. How was I to know which was which Ralph licked pale lips. Then you don't know how many of us there ought to be. How could I with the little ones running around like insects? Then when you three came back, as soon as you said, make a fire, they all ran away. I never had a chance. That's enough said ralph sharply and snatched back the conch if you didn't you didn't then you come up here and pinch my specs jack turned on him you shut up and them little ones was wandering around down there where the fire is how do you know there aren't they aren't still there piggy stood up and pointed to the smoke and flames didn't a bunch of the little kids run down the fire down the side of the mountain oh no they did Piggy stood up and pointed to the smoke and flames. A murmur rose among the boys and died away. Something strange was happening to Piggy, for he was gasping for breath. What's happening? He's having an asthma attack, and this one's being brought on by what? Anger. Well, a little bit of anger, but what's going on on the side of the mountain? So the smoke is getting thicker. That little one, gasped Piggy, him with the mark on his face. I don't see him. Where is he now? The crowd was as silent as death. Him that talked about the snakes, he was down there. A tree exploded in the fire exploded in the fire like a bomb. Tall swaths of creepers rose for a moment into view, agonized, and went down again. The little boy screamed at them. Snakes! Snakes! Look at the snakes! In the west and unheeded, the sun lay only an inch or two above the sea. Their faces were lit redly from beneath. Piggy fell, fell against a rock and clutched it with both hands. That little one that had a mark on his face, where is he now? I tell you i don't see him the boys looked at each other fearfully unbelieving where is he now ralph murmured muttered the reply as if in shame perhaps he went back to the the beneath them on the unfriendly side of the mountain the drum roll continued okay what are we in what are we to infer about the kid with the mulberry mark on his face no. he's not- he was killed by the fire okay we never see him again so it's a good inference And then we've still got snakes in the little ones' minds. Okay, open up your workbooks real quick to focus on setting.